I was in a time where I was like, I really wish my dad was here because I feel like he would have the answers that I'm looking for. But obviously my dad was not here, so I couldn't go to him. So I actually ended up turning to God and I was like, God, I'm not coming to you as the king. I'm coming to you as like a daughter Mm -hmm. asking for fatherly advice. I need to know, like, what am I supposed to do with this? And he really walked me through all of it and gave me the courage that I needed and the assurance that I needed and the comfort and that it was going to be okay and he was going to be there. And that's when I genuinely felt like I had accepted that he was my father and that he was parenting me through a season in life that normally girls do have their dad with them. God is a father to the fatherless. 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 Welcome moms to the Help I'm Raising Fatherless Kids podcast. I'm your host, Laurie Pond. And from time to time, we have women and men who grew up fatherless who come on to share their story of what it was like to grow up without a dad and then to testify of how God was faithful as father to the fatherless. And I'm so happy today to have a precious mom with her daughter sharing their story. Welcome, Jennifer and Erica Bolding to the podcast. Thank you. Thank you for having us. We're glad to be here. So glad that you're here. So sad for why you're here. I have been a part of your lives, really. It was through this loss that you're going to talk about that the Lord allowed us to connect. And I've watched you over the years, put your trust in God. So thank you for being here to tell us more of your story today. Erica, why don't we start with you? Why don't you share your story of when and how you became fatherless? You know, this podcast is for any mom raising a child without a dad that might be death, divorce, or desertion. So how old were you when your dad died? And just tell a little bit of your story. Yeah, um, so I was 11 when my dad passed away. It was pretty unexpected. He had gotten sick and was really sick for probably like what I remember four months specifically. And we couldn't figure out what was wrong with him. The doctors didn't know. There was all sorts of appointments and all of that that I can remember. And that went on from like January to the beginning of May. And in the beginning of May in 2015, he passed away. And that really wrecked me in a lot of ways, obviously, especially being 11 years old. I didn't really have the understanding fully of the permanence of death and like what death actually was and the severity of it. Like I did, but I didn't. So I think that that, you know, later and even as I've grown up, that that has affected me and how I handle all of that. But yeah, that's um, how I became fatherless. I'm sorry for that. And and you're at very important years in your life, just on the onset of becoming a teenager and going through some years where a girl just needs her dad. So I'm sorry for that loss and the pain of that loss. And uh, Jennifer, as a mom, 
one of the things that moms do often when our children at that age lose their dad is we carry the grief for our children. So tell us your perspective of that, of when your husband died and you were left with Erica at the age of 11. And Erica, you have a sister as well. Mm-hmm. Yes, there's also Ivy. She was 13 at the time. So as if there wasn't enough going on in those years to come, you know, just social issues, school issues, growth and change. And for a young girl at that age, you pile grief and a death on top of that. And um, there's some overwhelming days, but God has sustained us and he did sustain us. I think one of the hardest realizations for me, I think as moms, we always want to know and be in tune with what our children need. And because I was not fatherless, you know, I just lost my father a couple years ago Mm -hmm. as an adult. I had to come to the realization I didn't understand fully what they needed. Mm -hmm. And that was hard for a mom. I didn't understand fatherlessness and I didn't understand the pain. And it's humbling. And the dependence on the Holy Spirit to guide and work through a parent in that situation is humbling as well. Mm -hmm. Uh, My dependence on him was, I can't even hardly put to words how I needed guidance and I needed help because I didn't know what was ahead of us. I didn't understand what they needed. He has been faithful, but there there were hard days with that. For sure, for sure. And I didn't personally know your husband and your dad, Erica, but I knew of him. Uh, He was a leader in our church, in the community, very, very well respected. So you had an amazing dad, you had an amazing husband, and all of a sudden, he's gone. That's a huge loss and sudden loss comes with it. Its own set of grief that you work through, just like even if you have an extended illness that you're walking through that has its own layers as well. So Erica, what was the initial impact that this had on your life? You said you couldn't really see the big picture, Jennifer, no doubt. You didn't understand fatherlessness, but you had a perspective that was a little bit different from Erica. So when do you feel you started to grieve the loss of your dad, Erica? I feel like I started to truly grieve the loss of him when it took about a year or two for it really to click with me that he was gone. I mean, I think that's always been there too like there's still days where I have to like process that because the 11 year old is still in there that's like I don't understand this yet but I would say around 12 and 13 and that grief started to translate a lot into a lot of anger specifically anger towards God and even a hatred very very deep set anger and depression and anxiety and suicidal thoughts. And that's when I really started to grieve and process that my dad was gone and there was no coming back. Wow. So that was a couple of years in. So you now are becoming a teenager and you're really experiencing 
some very violent emotions, it sounds like, and very hard emotions that are common, but maybe it was the first time you've wrestled with some of those yourself. So tell me first, what was your relationship like with your dad prior to his death? You were a little girl, but yeah, tell me about that. We had a really great relationship from what I recall. He was honestly my best friend in like Mm -hmm. the whole wide world. Like we would go out in the woods together and ride four wheelers and he would take me hunting with him. Like all of these things that he loved to do. I also loved to do. And I would go with him all Mm -hmm. the time. Like it was my favorite thing in the Mm -hmm. fall was when hunting season came around because that was time we got to spend together. I was actually just telling somebody like a week ago even as a little kid, my favorite thing to do in the fall was to wake up at four in the morning and go hunting with my dad just because it was time with him. We had a really great relationship. So the loss of him was truly, truly devastating for me because I was like, my best friend is gone. I'm sorry for that. Deeply sorry. Glad you have the memories that he invested in your relationship when you were young. And so that's sweet that you have those, but I know it's bittersweet. And one of the reasons I really did want you to come and share your story on the podcast was because you've talked openly about this anger that you experienced, and especially this anger towards God. I don't think I heard you say a hatred towards God, so that's pretty strong words. So why don't we just talk about that? I appreciate your willingness to be transparent moms who are listening, and I hope there's some other fatherless girls out there listening today. Um, You know, God gives us emotions. Some emotions are more acceptable than others. Uh, Some we can control and tame more than others. Anger is a different animal in itself often because it can lead to other choices that we might make. And It's not always acceptable to say we're angry at God. So for you to be able to voice that is pretty huge, Erica. And then to go a step further and say you hated God, that's pretty bold. So let's let's go there. Let's talk about it. Let's see how you wrestled with that and where you are today. Yeah, it's been a long journey with that for sure. And there was actually really a time in my life where I wasn't so comfortable talking about kind of the hatred with God and what that looked like, because so many people do look down upon that, obviously. And obviously, I would not encourage anybody to get to that point, but it can be a very real thing that people feel and go through. I would say 13 is probably when like the hatred started. It was a lot of just God, what did I do? Why is my dad gone? Why do I have to live my entire life, you know, without my dad? Like, he was amazing. He was my best friend. Why would you take that from me? And all of those questions and the anger and the emotions led to this point where, like, I would literally be screaming at the sky, I hate you. Like, what kind of loving God, good God? would let something this tragic happen. Like my dad was a minister. He was a good man. Why did he have to be taken off of this earth so soon? And that's all kind of where that hatred, the enemy took that anger and 
And I, I let the enemy take that anger too and fester it into a hatred mm. for God. So there was a season of my life where not really anybody would have known it because I was still going to church and participating in activities and stuff. But there was a time I really didn't have a faith at all mm. for probably a year, year and a half, realistically. And in that time too, it did bring a lot of depression. I was very, very depressed. And it was to the point like I was having a lot of suicidal thoughts and thoughts of self-harm. And I didn't want to be here anymore. I didn't think I could handle the pain. I didn't think that I was going to make it. Like, I was just like, I can't do it anymore. And there was one night in particular where I had decided that that was the night that I was going to just end it um, and call it quits. And so I had waited for, um, sorry, I'd waited for everyone to go to sleep. And I got up out of my bed. It was probably one or two in the morning. And um, I got up out of my bed and I was like, this is it. I was 13. And I was like, I'm just going to end it now. I'm going to end this pain. I'm going to end this suffering. And I went to go and open the door. And the second that my hand touched the doorknob, I heard the voice of God so loudly tell me to stop and to turn around and go back to bed and it would be better in the morning. And um, so I did. And that is when the hatred for God stopped. That's when I kind of started to turn my life around. Thank you. Um, and to say that God is a loving God because he didn't let me die that night or hurt myself. And he let me live. So at that point, I started my journey to get back into the faith and to start letting go of that anger and hatred and letting God walk me through the grief and start to accept the grief that I was going through. Um, and so that's when I started to trust God. And that's really a moment where I feel like God was father to me. Like that's when he revealed himself as not only just like the king of the universe and this big God that I had always heard about, like it was very personal and it was very comforting in that moment. And that's when I started my journey of healing and letting God restore my peace and my joy and restoring what I had lost. Wow. Thank you for sharing that. And I thank God he rescued you. I thank God you listened to his voice when he told you to stop, go back to bed, <laughs> be okay. So thankful for his intervention in your life. Jennifer, as her mom, did you know this was going on? I did. I think later I had a better understanding of the magnitude of where she was. Mm -hmm. I think because we were just two years out, there was still so much processing going on. There are things obviously I wish I would have done differently in that. I listened the best I could, mm -hmm. but I think as a mom, as you can imagine, 
there's just things you don't want to hear. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't mean you don't care. The level of care is enormous. But I think between us in that time frame, probably one of the things that we did that made the most sense was we did find her a Christian counselor in those dark days. Mm-hmm. God sent the perfect person at the perfect time for that. Um, and that didn't hurt at all. I think she, in hindsight, especially needed that person to talk to that wasn't me, which was another thing as a mom to get my head wrapped around because, you know, I was trying to be everything to everybody. And that realization that I couldn't be everything and maybe this was bigger than me was another realization I had to come to, but God did send a really good counselor, Christian counselor for her to talk to. Um, And we did that for a season. And I think we both agree that helped quite a bit. But as you can imagine with that story and seeing some of that, you know, there were some long, hard days Mm -hmm. and they went into the night. I can remember sometimes just sitting with her and praying over her and with her and didn't necessarily know who to go to with it at that point. But other than to just try to get her someone else she could talk to and listen the best I could. Mm-hmm. But yeah, 13 was a hard year, hard season. Wow. Yes, those are hard years. And moms, the main thing that I hear you saying, both of you, is get your daughter the help that she needs. Pray. I know there's a little more to the story. I don't know, but I'm guessing there's got to be more. You didn't just, God told you to stop. You went to bed and then all of a sudden you're not anxious. You're not struggling with depression. You're not struggling with uh, suicide thoughts. The enemy does come to steal, kill, and destroy. And I will say he does not stop with the death of a parent. Satan does not play fair. And so he will go after our children, even in the darkest, hardest time. He wants to take advantage. And it sounds like that's what he was doing. He was taking advantage of you, Erica, as a young girl who loved her daddy. And now her daddy is gone and turn you from God, that it's all God's fault. And I wrestled with that. You're sovereign. You could stop this and to realize that. Yes, he could stop that. He did not stop that. So all the questions of why and all the accusations that Satan is the accuser. So he wants us to accuse God. You must not love me. You don't care about me. Why would you allow something so tragic? Very normal things that you went through. How did you work through that to where you are today? How old are you today? How long ago was this? Um, it was eight years ago. I'm 19 now. Okay. All right. So yeah, do you mind just sharing a little bit of that growth process? Is, and when did you feel like you really gave your life to the Lord? Was it during this time? Was it prior to that? I often say that a trial tests our faith or it shows us that we don't have faith. So what what did that look like for you? The healing process in many ways is still going on. You know, it took several years. I still sometimes struggle with depression or 
self-harming thoughts. And it's just, I think what I have now that I didn't have then is like, I do have something to redirect to. Like when those thoughts come, like I'm able to rebuke that and like, go to God, go to the Bible, open the word and find peace in that and cast out those bad thoughts. And I've been able, really my therapist like helped me do that and help me learn to identify what I'm feeling, why I'm feeling it. And one thing she taught me was like, it's okay to sit in a feeling and identify it, identify why, sit in it, pray about it, and then keep moving. Mm -hmm. And I think that is what has significantly helped me and why I get to say no. Like I do think while I'm not fully healed from some of that yet, I think I am free from the bondage of mm -hmm. it because I have the healthy coping mechanisms to work through some of it. And that took a lot of time. Like that did not come easy. And I think, you know, just as I've grown in my relationship with the Lord, like I don't think there's a time I can pinpoint where like I had an aha moment. I do feel like out of high school, I've really started to thrive in my faith with God. And as I get older, there's a growing desire to want to be with him more and to know him more and to continue to serve him. And I think it's just been time, like as I've grown and as I've seen his faithfulness and as I've seen him break chains for me and, you know, restore time that I had lost and restore my heart and my mind. I think I've grown in more adoration of him. Mm -hmm. And so I feel like I've grown more into my faith and it wasn't really like a specific moment that was like, this is kind of it for me. Other than obviously that night he told me to stop. That was just the beginning of the journey. That's awesome. So do you see that kind of as the point where he stepped in as father to the fatherless, like your dad, if your dad was there and you were behaving or thinking he might have done the same thing, stop Erica. And so God kind of intervened in that way, not kind of, he did intervene. You listened to him. So tell us what did it look like for you to start directing your focus to God as father? Were you able to do that? Has that been a slow process as well? Um, it's been a slower process. There was a time even after that point and after I'd recommitted my life to Christ and was just on that journey, it took several years to really get comfortable with the fact that like, I can go to God as father too, not just my king and just the person that I worship. I think a moment it might sound kind of silly to some, but like a moment where I was like, I understand this now and now I get it was my senior year of high school. I was debating whether to break up with somebody or not because I could tell God was like, mm, I'm not so sure this is for you. And it's like normally girls would typically like some girls would go to their dad and be like, uh, tell me like, I don't know how boys work. I don't know. Like I need advice and I needed advice. Like I was in a time where I was like, I really wish my dad was here because I feel like he would have the answers that I'm looking for. But obviously my dad was not here, so I couldn't go to him. So I actually ended up turning to God and I was like, God, 
I'm not coming to you as the king. I'm coming to you as like a daughter Mm -hmm. asking for fatherly advice. I need to know, like, what am I supposed to do with this? And he really walked me through all of it and gave me the courage that I needed and the assurance that I needed and the comfort and that it was going to be okay and he was going to be there. And that's when I genuinely felt like I had accepted that he was my father and that he was parenting me through a season in life that normally girls do have their dad with them. And the dad's like, just break up with him or whatever. He's not good enough for you. I got to go to God for that. And I think that's when I was like, okay, I can go to him as my father now and go and seek advice and he will give it. So that's what I would say. That's beautiful. Beautiful. No doubt you have been helped by this transparent conversation. I have walked alongside this family from the beginning, watching them press into the Lord and putting their trust in God. You will definitely want to come back for part two to hear how God has worked in their lives. He restores our souls and healing is possible over time. Take time to download these episodes. Don't just stream them. This somehow helps get the word out to others. And may the Lord hold you and your daughter close as you navigate all the things that come with the loss of a dad.